Welcome to the Scale Model Podcast. In this podcast, we aim to entertain, inform, and promote the hobby of scale model kit building with interviews, reviews, and news about the hobby. The podcast is available bi-weekly where your favorite podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also get it from our website at scalemodelpodcast.com, where you can find show notes, photo gallery, and so much more. You can also subscribe to get notifications on all our updates, new episodes, and video content. Please support the Scale Model Podcast on Patreon. Patreon supporters enjoy early access to content and exclusive contests. Your Patreon support helps us to offset hosting and other costs to bring the podcast to you. Welcome to episode 122 of the Scale Model Podcast, sponsored by Cult TV Man, Sean's Custom Model Tools and Return to Kit Form. I'm your host, Stuart Clark, and I'm joined by once again the universe's finest modeling co-hosts. <laughs> best Maybe. color best color man in the business. Best <laughs> color man in the business. We're gonna we're gonna start with our special guest tonight. Your friend and mine, author of controversial blog posts always and occasionally. <laughs> Freshly moved from a house move in the wilds of the Ottawa Valley, Mr. Chris Wallace, how are you, sir? Well, after an introduction like that, I have to say I'm feeling pretty good. Thank you, Stu. That's one thing I can do. I can spread the BS amongst friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so, so you got yourself moved. You moved house. Yep, we got, uh, I, I did something crazy. I started a group build, I guess, uh, last winter. And then yes. halfway through, I decided to really pump my odds up and finishing to move and buy, buy a new house and move during that thing. And I'll tell you, Stu, uh, dumbest thing to do in order to get <laughs> things done, anything modeling. It was a, a massive time suck, but we're in here. Everyone's happy. Um Actually, yeah. it, you know, all in all, it was well worth the pain. It was uh, it, it was time to go, and we found a great uh, a great place, and we're really happy here. Perfect, good good stuff. All right, we'll talk about the group build a bit later later because I actually got mine done, which is pretty you rare did. for a group build. Anyway, also here from the north shore of Lake Erie, where he is between doing renovations for daughters and son in laws, being the cool grandfather. Uh, let me think here. RC power boats. Haven't heard if the, if the pool lining's been pierced. You're a friend of mine, Mr. Jeff Highland. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Good to see you, Chris and uh, Stuart and Terry. Always good. Oh, I can't talk about Terry because he hasn't been introduced yet. That would be wrong. Sure, you can. <laughs> and the pool liner has not been pierced, but we have. That's not for lack of trying. Okay, that. just making sure. And 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 the grandchildren like 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 them. Oh, they loved attempting to pierce the pool. <laughs> the boats have, are, are very, you can see it over my his shoulder on the one of them, the red. Oh, one, the yeah, red. the little RC power boat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chris, grand, grandpa picked up a few. Picked up two RC, small RC power boats uh, that are great fun in the pool. You can do figure eights and do races and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, they have very pointy front ends. And apparently they came with uh, an anti-pointy. Uh, thing that you put on the front end that bounces, <laughs> bounces it off. and I couldn't find it because as it turned out after I looked several times it was the same color as the packaging material <laughs> I would have easily thrown it out but I found it and you can just see just over my shoulder it's got that little white pointy thing yeah very good that does very good work. all right and then west of Chicagoland Father of a brand new, very cute puppy, which my wife still says is. Any 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 more pictures? It's yeah. I good, put a couple on. 
I know you did. I did that, and I showed them to her, and I went, look, it's Terry Measley. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How are you? How's the puppy? Doing pretty good. Oh, he's a maniac. Of course. Uh, Jenny, uh, no, he's a really good little guy. He's um, he's, he's doing very well. He's now 31 pounds at four months. And so he's, he's still, moving along pretty well. And he's still got a lot of growing into those ears. He, he certainly does. That's nothing wrong his, with uh, that. His siblings are all large, but his parents are small. So we'll see well, what happens. There we go. And everyone's getting along, so it's all good. So you can't go yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, and we have another a, a nine-month-old one. Maybe he's a foster. Maybe we'll keep him. The way he's, they're wearing each other out has been great. Oh, So maybe okay. I can actually get something done. It seems like every time, every time you come home, there's another dog in the house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just wanting. I thought we should. I should point that out. Um, you know, that's okay. There's there's certain things we just can't fight. <laughs> we know. So being all married guys, we know better. Okay, let's get on to the latest news. A couple of sad bits of news. Uh, resin casts and fruit models are going to be closing fairly soon uh, for sickness and retirement. Apparently, um, so. Yeah, apparently resin cast is, if I recall, is they're retiring. I think both are are uh, available for sale. Uh, resin cast was thirty two years in the hobby. Uh, he's decided for age really age related reason. Uh, cease at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, going to be stuff on sale and things like that. And then also uh, Fru Model, makers of fine quality metal tracks for years and years um, due to health problems. Mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, there we go. But they are, apparently they are going to be um, at some shows. So we'll see. Um, but if you're interested, you know, Jeff, you want something to do. <laughs> Machinery, no. 600 molds, 200 prototypes. Yeah, I noticed that. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, there you it's go. It's the name. The name has got to be worth something, too. Well, exactly. Yeah. Too. yeah, exactly. Funny you can do the quality of that. Yeah. Again, you look at some of the tracks, you know, the product they have over the years. Oh, um, fantastic. Fantastic. I got to get myself one of those Object 279 tanks. That's just really just so cool. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. Okay. And something I don't think, which is an Object 279 tank, is the Musuru Cup box has arrived. Most of the podcasters now have it in their hot little hands. Uh, we're not allowed to open it till the first. It's very late. I just got to say, that's, that was an incredible segue, Stuart, really. I mean, I, like that? it's like something you probably had to work on for a few days. Mm -hmm. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Once in a while, you know, the brains, that the, both neurons in the brain fire up at the same time. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, we're all looking forward to the Mooseru Cup again, sponsored by Lightwave Global and IPMS Hamilton. And uh, yes, it's my turn to build. So we're going to be, it'll be curious to see. I don't think it's a complex ship with photo etch. Jeff, no, I'm sorry no. to disappoint you. It could be a small figure. So that yeah. could still, that, that could still. Oh, that happen. would, and if it's, if it's a miniature, I'll be pissed. Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> You know, but but we'll see what happens. Um, as normal, we we'll find out on the first, and uh, we have to get it done by the time of uh, Heritage Con again. So, and as always, we will send we will bring ours down to Heritage Con. You know, home home field advantage and all that. So, 
Chris, Chris had a question. I, saw I did. So did you guys flip a coin before this happened or do you follow a regular rotation? I see some disappointment in Terry's face if it is something. Yeah, like we follow regular. I like to do. Yeah, we follow a regular rotation. We have to ah. tell the Musaru Cup committee who's going to be building it right. out okay. of each podcast. So I have a feeling that plays a part in the selection. But having a figure last time I did, it didn't didn't help me i guess we were robbed we were robbed yeah, we were robbed it was the, just gonna say that. the, the figure gonna, was good yeah it the was, figure was awesome you know, corruption total corruption yeah. but i believe there's uh, eight or nine podcasts again involved and so yeah it's good fun absolute good good fun okay um the other thing is under latest news uh you know not not nats is coming up like like this next weekend by the time we record this it'll be on and almost over um chris you're not going down this year are you uh, unfortunately, I am not. No. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, strapped right now, but yep. I well, you will. A house. Um, yeah, yeah, it has a has a, an effect. But I am going to go next year. I'm going to go to uh, Wisconsin. I'm really hoping to as well. We're going to see what happens. That, that'll be the best odds of me going with it being so close. Um, so at Wisconsin, uh, there was a posting from Don Don Schmoltz, uh, the admin of the IPMS USA group. They are testing the waters. They want to do a SIG area uh, at Nats. So like display only, traditional SIG displays, uh, club displays, group and challenge builds, demonstration of modeling techniques. They're going to be, uh, display tables will be available to all registration convention attendees. One table per customer, first come, first served. Um, If you have a really big group, uh, they'll let us know and see what they can do. They're kind of really... Uh, they're kind of really uh, testing the waters here. So they want people to send them an email to clubs.nats2024 at gmail.com and let them know what you and your group are and going and going to display. Uh, they're going to call it the tiger meet. I think that's kind of awesome. Um, so basically, yeah, I think, you know, and we were saying before we went to air, maybe this is, you know, we're finally seeing some ideas after, uh you know, the, 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 the board agreed, they've got to really make things, you know, the group IPMS USA for all modelers um, comments, gentlemen. I note that um, it, the tables will be able to be staffed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked that only Wednesday and Thursday, do they require uh, staffing all day? Yeah. The other days it can be on its own, but that's actually pretty interesting for, um, uh, for recruitment for clubs, that kind of stuff, and yep. even uh, recruitment for special groups. The special interest groups have always been around, but I think they've they've kind of fallen off the radar a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And this is this is good. I, I I'm actually really happy to see this. Yeah, not I just it's because funny. it's demonstration or or, or display area, but it's focused. And we're going to be yeah. talking a little bit about this a little bit later with Chris, because Chris wrote a kind of semi-related blog, blog post about this. Well, it's interesting to looking at the comments on, on the posting on the Facebook post. Um, they're all uniformly positive, if not effusive about what this is an outstanding idea. Let's mm-hmm. just do it. Let's hope, you know, and, and people who have been to Telford uh, in the UK, uh, basically go nuts and say you know what that was in many ways the sig tables were the most interesting part of the show because it's just like goes on forever and you can talk to somebody about a specific area of interest 
someone who's absolutely passionate about it and learn a lot in a very short period of time. So, I mean, I think it's a great idea. And I really, really hope um, the groups in the U U.S. pick up on it and make and take advantage of this opportunity. When I went to the show in 2018 in Arizona, I do remember there was or there were a few display, um, but it was it was certainly not something that was like I'd say pumped up or promoted. It was definitely there. There was a local club. I remember there was one guy who had basically I think it was every type of Matilda tank or Churchill tank that's ever been. But the most interesting one was a guy who showed up from California with every model that he's ever built since he was in five years old. It was something like seven hundred models that he just had over the over the three or four tables. I still remember it, um, and you could sort of see the progression over time but i think it's a fantastic idea especially like like it like it's been said recruitment just getting information it'd be very yeah. interesting to meet people that are say crazy about the f4 phantom and you have a question about that it'd be it'd be mm -hmm. great to make those contacts and get uh get information that way yeah and the other thing is that the, you know it's not a competition so if you if models did well at nats or other regional shows or something in the past they can come back and we right. can, you know people can actually get to see them again if they missed them the first time around or, you know, you, what do you do after that? You compete at Manats. If you get a, get a, a medal, especially you, it goes in your cabinet and it makes its way to local shows, but it's no, not no longer a competition piece. Mm -hmm. So this, this is going to be really nice. This is all segueing so well into the the discussion with Chris. Well, I know it's almost like he, he kind of knew this this was coming. <laughs> almost. Um, like you know what else is interesting? I see one of the comments here, Jeff, is from Phoenix Scale uh, Publications, and they said, "Great idea in the editorial of the latest UK issue." I compared U.S. and U.K. nationals. So many differences that may surprise you. Um, I did a seminar last year a lot, which was about how much they differ, but how the models attending did not, apart from accent. So I'm going to reach out. I'm going to see if I can get a copy of that because yeah. that would be interesting to that would be interesting to see. Um, so yeah, but yeah, no, it's a nice little segue. We're going to be talking about that shortly. All right, um, one correction in the mailbag. In the mailbag, uh, Ken Freund, Friedot, Friedot, I never name Ken. I'm sorry. I'm as bad as Mr. Goldfinch on pronunciation. Uh, I had set in my mind that Shattered Sword was written by the book that Terry's been reading about the aircraft, the various air wars and all that. It actually wasn't. It's written by John Jonathan Parshall and Anthony Tunney. Uh, so thanks, Ken, for pointing that out. So, I actually, well, actually, actually, just to correct that one more time, it's Anthony Tully. And is that what I not said? You said Tunney. Tunney Tully. <laughs> Tully, and, and and thanks, Ken Freund. Yeah, yes. I would say Freund. Yeah, Freund? It's okay. Freund. Thanks for writing <laughs> in. Um, he's read all of them. He likes them all. He says the nice. books are very good, including the ones you're reading. I'm still trying to find some of the ones up here at one of the local libraries for some of the ones you 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 you've been reading, Terry. So, or all right. if I if I have physical copies, I'm, I'm happy to send them. Yep. All right. Well, we'll see how we do. I got a ton of my to read pile is huge right now. Um, as we'll talk about late later. Okay, let us hobby announce. It's a little bit of a light uh, of a light week, uh, but some gorgeous things uh, for the car guys and for the you know those of us who wish to be. Mung's Audi R8 LMS GT3 2019 and 24 scale. Uh, GT3 is very popular class. This is absolutely gorgeous. It really licensed, is licensed by Audi. Mm. Isn't that just pretty? I wonder. I wonder how much that box weighs. And whether it would weigh it's, almost the same as the Moose Group Cup. Yeah, box. sadly, no. 
Sadly, <laughs> no, I don't think so. 124th and yeah, there's some nice things. Five five point two liter V10 engine, five hundred and eighty-five horsepower. Um man, yeah. that'll yeah, get it's... that'll get you the milk store quickly. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> and home before the milk gets well, and, 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 and you're home before the milk even gets a degree warmer. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Kit includes standard stainless steel photo etch parts, uh, safety belts made of special fabric material and pre-cut painting masks. You know, see, if you can make it easier like that, you know, I would almost consider something like that. You got a roll cage. Look at the interior. Lots of flashy uh, it's, it's fantastic. It, it's, it's fantastic. It's yeah. really a tempting kind of project that I know I'll probably never build. Yeah. Brakes, gold, gold color that, brake I mean, calipers. The tires and the wheels themselves would be a project. Mm -hmm. I'll check it out. They have a, a shaping tool to change to uh, shape the yeah. photo etch for the yep. for the uh, intakes. I like that. See, that's the good. Pages. That's that's pretty damn awesome. That's good. So yeah. that's scheduled in October. So definitely check that out. Uh, speaking of October, two large scale kits from our friends at Trumpeter. Uh, 30 second scale F35B. So this is the short takeoff vertical landing of the F35. And G116 seems to be the new scale for the armor guys. The famous German half track, the SDK have said 251. So the F35, 169 US. Uh, you know, again, designed to be short takeoff and landing. The Marines are going to be using this one. Uh, you know, Chris, anything you want to say about this one? I love the paint on that plane. I just yeah. wish that it was easy to replicate because when, <laughs> when you see it, it is, it really is attractive. Yes, it is. Full weapons loadout. Well, That's it a... is gray. I mean, that, 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 there is that. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sick of gray in modern planes. I just like them to be ballsy and paint them all red. Well, or paint, you can paint them as you want. Make it a what if. I keep telling you that. <laughs> Pretty high part count, some photo etch, highly detailed engines. And you know, the aftermarket guys are going to be all over this. You know, there's been some gorgeous aftermarket stuff on the 48 scale to me on the exhaust and stuff like that. The 3D printed stuff, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's going to be a nice piece. Hopefully we'll see one or two of those on the, on the tables within a few years. Uh, almost 50 centimeters in length, 41 centimeters in width, 400 parts. Again, you know, bigger, obviously better in some people's minds. Then we have the 116th for 115 uh, bucks US of the SD KFZ 251, the half track, the D type. Very common 15,000 uh, vehicles and 23 variants pr produced by seven manufacturers. Again, if you like the big stuff. <laughs> I think it's like, is it, what is it? Is it a thing that as we get older, we need bigger models to work on? I'm really wondering because you seem, we seem to see that. And obviously, the quality they can produce the bigger stuff, you know, is, 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 is better. Workable tracks, of course, at this scale. But, you know, uh, yeah, some people, I think that's what it is. Well, like, look at Andy's Hobby headquarters. They're doing gangbuster sales wise on their 116th releases. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you know, there's some people, you know, large scale planes have been around for years. Yeah. 
forums there. So, you know, if you have the room, like it's just like anything else. It's like in the artsy world. You got these guys building like one night scale 747s that require a, a van to bring the damn thing to the field. Yeah. You know? And they're and, and they're a lot more risky when you fly them. So yeah. So anyway, that is their uh Arma's their next hurricane. I'm waiting for the first one to show up at my local. Uh they're gonna be the Mark II uh C Tropical as the next 48 scale from our friends at Arma. Again, based on what I've seen on the preliminary reports, people are liking this. Uh, and this one looks good as well. You're going to have three masking options, the Hurry Bomber from 34 Squadron. Uh, what else? Uh, number one squadron, South African Air Force in Egypt, and also another one in Egypt, uh, the McRobert Fighter Sir Ian, uh, number 94 Squadron, also in Egypt. So... Hmm. Nice. Well, if it's anything like that P-51 kit, they're outstanding. Yeah. They seem to be, they really do seem to be hitting all the, hitting all the nails. Full details, full masking. Yeah, I'm literally, I've got two already, two other 48 scale hurricanes in the stash, but I want to get this one again, just based on, yeah, some of their other kits. Just, you know, just gorgeous. Their 72nd hurricane was just a work of art. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing this one. And it comes with the masking set. So, you know, you can't go wrong. So hopefully uh, the first one will be out fairly soon. Okay, here's one we're all in agreement of. This is the beginner set from Italeri, uh, both an F-16 and an M1 Abrams. Uh, complete set. So it's different from like you see some of the ones just come with glue and paint. This comes with the kit, an F-16 or an Abrams tank. Uh, comes with some Vallejo paints, a tweezers, brush, a sprue cutter, um, sanding, you know, kind of everything you need. This is this is a really, really cool idea. Chris, you had some good comments on this. Well, yeah, it, it took me back to some of those uh, those those all-in-one kits uh, from years ago where it came with a, a white-handled nylon brush and gloopy paints, and mm-hmm. it, it really wasn't a bargain if you think about it in terms of getting this as a gift. But this <laughs> thing um, this thing was great because it, it, it even has Vallejo paints, and it... Um, it's a nice plane too. It's not just any old F sixteen. It's the it's the night uh, the night hunter version with yep. um, with the laser designator. So it's a really cool airplane to get too. What a fantastic uh, thing to buy someone who's uh, thinking of giving this hobby a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. and like we mentioned, it's actually one of Little Valio's uh, number two round tapered brushes, not one of those old uh, glue application brushes that they. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Woodworkers glue. <laughs> yeah, God. But yeah, double-sided sandpaper, sprue cutter, precision tweezer, brush, three times seven milliliter acrylic paints, uh, liquid cement. So it's not even crappy tube glue. No offense to people who like the testers tube glue. Um, <laughs> and of course, the plastic kit. And of course, you know, it varies. You can either get the M1 Abrams or you can get uh, this very nice looking F-16. Yeah, it hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, this is a two-seater. Very nice. Very nice mm-hmm. looking one. Uh, so that should be coming out fairly soon. And again, I think it's a good idea um, that Atalari's, you know, they obviously feel there's a, there is a market for it. Um, so, yeah. And as you say, a great, a, a great gift idea. And they're going to be available uh, the first week of August. And according to the press release, they will be expanded with other interesting subjects dedicated to World War II. So we'll probably see us, you know, we'll probably see something like a Mustang or a, 
a 109 or or something like like that. Oh, hang on. Next issues apparently a Stuka and a King Tiger. There we go on the press there release. So yeah. So very cool. Very cool idea. All righty. Let's go back to my notes here. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. And then from one extreme to another, 3D Wild, our good friends at 3D Wild, those wild and crazy guys. Again, this is a cool idea. They're gonna. This is going to be at Nats. They're going to have a prototype of a 1-200th diorama kit. Uh, this is going to be a basically the USS Nimitz, the island, and a bit of the flight deck around the island in 200th scale. Uh, looks like it's going to include some aircraft, even a little helicopter. Uh, you can mount as it's dropping off cargo, some ground vehicles, and the island itself. What a what a great idea for those who love this sort of thing, um, but don't have the space to be or the or the insanity to build a full on one two hundredth Nimitz class aircraft carrier. Well, it's interesting that they will they go with one two hundred scale rather than one forty four. Yeah, a few people commented on that. Again, yeah. it's going to be pretty big though, even at that scale. Yeah, but one forty four is much more universal as far as yeah. other aircraft too. You but put an I, airplane beside it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a great idea. Like this is this is not going to be inexpensive, but the detail looks great. And like you've got what four F eighteens and yep. or four, four four Hornets, and then a. Looks like yeah. a tractor or something. I don't know what tractor that... and a Hawkeye. There's yeah. a Hawkeye, yeah. a couple Hawkeye, of helicopters. Yeah, yeah one helicopter the, in the air. Yeah, but I love the way they've done that because they got like a brass. Looks like it's lifting a. It's, it's dropping a package onto the. Deck. Oh yes. Yeah. And, and that package <laughs> is the is sort of the stand for the helicopter, which mm -hmm. is a great idea. And it looks like you got a good mix multimedia. You got a mix of photo etch in there, if you yep. look carefully. In fact, the. Uh, the rope, quote unquote, the helicopter looks like a piece of photo etch. Uh, the helicopter blades, again, they do some absolutely amazing things. Uh, 3D miniatures. Did yeah. someone cool. recently bring out an Akagi aircraft carrier that's, tower, something like that? Yeah, so uh, that was Border. Border, that's right. That's yeah, right. and 200th is becoming a not uncommon scale for ships. No, exactly. exactly. Yeah, the larger scales. For it's like the 116th. It's like the 116th for tanks, right? You can yeah. come out with one two hundredth, you know, go big or go home. But yeah, looking at some of these details from their Facebook posts, these are this is gorgeous. Yeah, it's really nice. To me, though, this is more of an airplane aircraft display piece rather yeah. than a sh thing. Yeah, and, and, so and that's what they call it. That's a, kind of odd to use a ship scale yeah. for aircraft. Yeah, but you could do that force perspective thing, right, Jeff? Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. You could be very artsy uh, with something. Like, I just think it's a great idea. I'd love, I love that they're doing these kinds of things. And you know what? There's, there's probably someone out there who says, "I always wanted to build a one two hundredth Nimitz, but I, I, I know I don't have the skill skill to do the island." You know, now yeah. they can do the island <laughs> and away they go, right? You know, but yeah, that looks that looks like it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see that uh, when it's on display at Nats. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. All right. Uh, our good friend Lincoln Wright, he's got his latest book out, Luna, Com Luna Combat, the Mark, the MAK Lincoln Report, Volume 2. He's got it available for pre-order. Uh, it's going to be $49.50. Uh, Machine and Krieger, English, limited edition, 128 pages, uh, following the acclaimed Volume 1. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be, uh, as he says, keep falling down the MAK rabbit hole here. Uh, U.S. dollars <laughs> estimated shipping in August. So shipping from Australia. And again, if you know Lincoln's work, you know, uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's yeah. kind of be 
kind of defined the MAK of the this era. Yeah. For 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 weathering and everything, yeah. and uh, he's been on the show before. So yeah, we've had him on. We're gonna try and get him on uh, again. That would be so. good. Yeah, you know, and some gorgeous stuff there. It's hard to find over here in Canada, but when you do, it's expensive, but it's gorgeous stuff. Gorgeous kits like they have the machine and Krieger and that. So, yeah, definitely one to uh, one to check out from our good friend. And like I said, yeah, we we're going to have them on at some point. OK, it was pretty light for announcements. But anyway, uh, what's new at Scalemates? So let's go to Scalemates here where I've linked up full kits only new tools. Uh, it's July 24th today when we're recording this. Oh, look, a bug. Another so, bug. Another bug. Christina oh. Limbata. That's like Hakuna ah. Matata. Gazunte. Yeah. <laughs> no okay, scale. I have a question. What TV show is that TVR 17 from, Stuart? You would know. You uh, uh, Captain Scarlet. Captain Scarlet. It's a Jerry Anderson. Jerry Anderson. Sure. It's from Captain Scarlet. Yeah, if I recall. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they screwed up the product timeline. It's from the same company that did the uh, the high the yellow fox security vehicle. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, that's from Captain Scarlet. Yeah, neat. half neat. studio scale resin model kit. And again, the sci-fi guys will be very excited about that. Yeah, huh. yeah, that'll be fun. Bandai Bandai Spirits is released. I think it's the first release from Code Geass. Yeah, I saw that. And they seem to have a lot. I think they're going to have a few more from it as well. Oh, uh, they wouldn't do just one. Yeah, you know they're going to do, they're going to do quite, quite, quite a few different ones. They've been releasing huh. a lot. I'm hoping, like I said, we'll get Anthony on at some point, and he can, he can, he can bring us up to, uh, bring us up to speed. Bunch of Bandai Spirit stuff. Twenty second, uh, the ABD model, the bus van, one forty three, uh, garbage truck, refrigerator van. You skipped right past the slaughtered pigs suspended. Yeah, off. yeah, we skipped right past. That. <laughs> yeah, there was a reason why. But you know what? Hey, I'm sure someone thinks there's a market. You know? <sighs> yeah. What else we got here? How about the YU Supersonic from the 21st Project Number One? L and M resin kits. Hmm. I've never even seen this. What is this? Some sort of Russian or Chinese? No, maybe? it's Chinese. That looks Chinese. Like Chinese. Yeah, looks a bit like a Eurofighter. It looks. Or a grip, yeah, maybe more like or a Griffin. Griffin. Yeah, I think you're right. Griffin. Yeah, that Griffin. could be. Yeah. There's yeah. the Audi again. Oh, researchers in a Tyrannosaurus set. That's exciting. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're padding it. They're padding the Tyrannosaurus. Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hobby Boss. Uh, they we talked about this briefly a couple of shows ago. They're coming out with their own version of the Titanic and one seven hundred scale. Um. Tron recognizer. Yeah, that's the 3D printed file. Yeah. Oh, I did notice, and I forgot to include it, probably because it was not, in my opinion, under the category of too soon. Someone has built a resin kit of the Titan, the submersible that met an untimely end <laughs> by, by Titanic. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's too soon. Uh, Japanese submarine, 1 350th. Oh, look uh, at that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, all sorts of goodies here, eh? A How about it? Yeah, there model. you go. Ooh, <laughs> I could use that. A clear prop, another one from Clear Prop. Yeah, like Karpov I sixteen. Very nice. Yeah, in the sky of China. There you go. Arrow A thirty four KOS. Chris, have you ever built anything with like two wings biplanes? Yes, I built a one. 
48 scale Edward Fokker with the the one with the two wings, the yeah, the late you. war okay. one. Yep. And the, that's the one. And yeah, um I quickly learned that keeping <laughs> them level was yeah. a was a, a very difficult exercise, but I learned from that. And then I built oh, it's from um Eastern Europe. It's called an ABK model, and it's an early Japanese carrier fighter biplane. I uh, posted that on my site. I'm, unfortunately, I just can't remember because it, it had like a number that I wasn't familiar with. Anyway, okay. that was a fun kit. Um, and I learned how you keep the top wing level with the bottom wing and not scissored. That's the other thing. So it's not just leveling them. Uh, they just can't look scissored from the top down. That's always a... So how did you do that without using a jig? Uh, you put it forward on a box and then you lean it forward and you make sure that you're just working that top plane um, on there. Interesting. So I, I'm, I'm, it's a lot easier to see it when you're on YouTube. I can probably forge yeah. you someone's <laughs> tips on how to do it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's a way of doing it. And it, 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 it relatively works. I mean, it's better to have a better kit to do it with. The, those Edward mm. ones were, were kind of challenging. But mm. um, try, try, a try the wing nuts next, Chris. Well, sure. <laughs> well, you, still, you, you have yours to build, Jeff. I'm just saying. I do. I do. Yeah, I have a do. few. You got a few to build. Yeah, I am liking this researcher's entire Anasaurus set. I'm looking at the bigger thing there. Yeah, what could <laughs> what could possibly go wrong there? Oh, oh you're gonna, oh you're gonna see a few of those. There's another I, another Japanese plane here that in 32nd scale, KI-32, the the Mary, the pre-war. Yep. It's sort of like the Sonia, or mm -hmm. maybe the predecessor of the Sonia. Right. I have to look it up. Interesting. There you go. All sorts of goodies. So, yeah, a little bit slow month, but it tends to be just before Nats. People are hiding what they're uh, going to release. But, yeah. You, so you can always almost predict which plane is going to get Terry's attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's he's pretty easy to he's pretty easy to figure out. All it needs is a big, big bunch of glass. That's what he that's needs. right. A nice big greenhouse. He's got a greenhouse. Yeah. He's he's all over it. All right. So those are from our friends at Scalemates uh okay yeah the other reason we have we have chris here he runs like a little blog youtube channel you probably haven't heard of it model airplane maker you know yeah. not, many, not many people have um so he's had a couple of interesting interesting posts by the way i did like your buy high end sell low post of how very how very true very um, true very true. Yeah, very, very <laughs> true on that one but the one we're talking about now is he titled it and he posted it on the 18th why our model shows have competitions so i'm just going to turn it over to you chris and you can kind of give a little bit of a some background and your comments on this and we'll and we'll and we'll go to and then we'll go through what the interwebs think sure no problem so um this was one of those things. Uh, another hobby of mine is I like to go kayaking. I go kayaking. There's a river very close to me, uh, the Rideau. And as I was doing this, usually I listen to history podcasts, but on this particular day, I was listening to the Moj or the Plastic Model um, Mojo podcast. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention the competition on this oh, show. Of course you are. They're good friends. All right. Of well, ours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're very reflective gents, and uh, they yes. have in one segment of their show. They had, uh, I guess it was a, a European or a German. I can't remember exactly who, but he asked the question: Why do you think that on American shows the the focus is on contest, whereas at European shows the focus seems to be on display and the host sort of went down, um, I think, just more of a 
it was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was just sort of like they took the cultural difference between the two continents and said, you know, Americans might be a little bit more prone to competition because, well, they're, they're just big on co- competing and maybe mm-hmm. Europeans aren't. And they really just left it at that. But as I'm paddling, you, you know, me and I got to thinking and <laughs> little smoke starts coming out of the top of the boat. Yes. Yeah, he's thinking. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I was just sort of thinking that explanation just kind of like was just scratching the surface because I mean, we've all met the win at all cost types, right? We've all, we've all seen the one, the, the, the guy who goes in there, mm-hmm. slaps the thing on the table, waits with bated breath to be, you know, get his award at the end. And and if he doesn't get it, you know, then you never hear the end of it. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that's the majority of people that are there. I really don't. Um, I think people want to go and have a competition, have a fair competition mm-hmm. and see, see what's there, but I don't see the raging competition type. And um that was sort of my thought to that. And then it's just like, okay, well, if that's not why they're doing it, then why exactly are they doing it? Right. And then I thought, I read a, an article a few years ago. It was a guy by a guy named Tim Wu. It's called In Praise of Mediocrity. It's a little short one. I have it linked in the blog. And I think mm-hmm. it was a very interesting read in and of itself because he was saying that hobbies are somewhat dying in in North America, at least. We, we're not talking about Europe, but we're just talking about North America. And he is saying it's dying. And, and, he, and he figures it's because people are afraid of being bad at hobbies. And or he said, um, maybe not they're just afraid of it, but they're just not, um, what was it? They, that they're not skilled enough to do it, right? And 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 that they're going to be bad at them. And maybe that there's going to be sort of uh, this view of them. If you're, if, well, if you're not good at it, then why are you doing it in the first mm-hmm. place? So like he, he had a few examples, like if you're a jogger, it's not just enough that you jog around the block at the end of the day, you have to be preparing for a uh, a marathon, right? Or if you're a painter, you can't just enjoy your watercolors in your backyard on a Sunday. It's you're preparing to maybe get a gallery showing or get a huge Instagram following. You know, it's this type of thing that he was getting at. And, and it wasn't just we're not pursuing it for the pure enjoyment of it. So of course I go down that line, right? This is me. And I thought, well, you know, Chris, why did you go to your first competition? And I think thinking about what Tim Wu said, I think in terms of myself, it was sort of a justification. It was a, a way of what, what I say in my in my blog post, legitimizing my pursuit of this. And then I go on a little bit more into depth with that. But at the end of the of the blog post, you know, I just look back and say, well, that's really silly. You know, um, a $2 award isn't going to make me a better modeler. And it's certainly not proof that all of a sudden um, everything that I've done up until now is justified to nobody. Only The only person that can really justify or, or legitimize my hobby is me. But that was just my thought process. And I jotted it down because I don't think I'm the only one who looks at it that way, or at least goes to contest with that mindset or started that way. Um I know, or at least uh, I guess we'll get into this discussion in a minute. I know that some people uh, that commented on my uh, blog post said, well, it sort of devolved into the whole, you know, contest versus non-contest, show versus non-show. I didn't really think, I didn't, I'd, if I left the impression that I don't think there should be competition, that's definitely not the intent. I, I certainly didn't say that. Um, I think competition is good. I think competition is great for many reasons, especially if you're looking to improve. 
certainly see what other people are doing and 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 how they're pulling it off. But don't use this as some sort of legitimizing of how you are enjoying your time away from work or the grind or whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. something that should enhance your enjoyment of the hobby, not legitimize it or somehow justify it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you know, and it comes back down to it's your hobby. You enjoy it the way you want. That's really one of the most important things. And I think I think the Internet and social media has kind of painted that now with that unrealistic expectation at times. Like I love I love posting content. You know, I love doing my inbox reviews and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's actually more for me, especially when I do my build blogs. It's more for me to kind of keep me going. And there's notes and things like that. Um, and I think, yeah, depending on where you go, there is, depending which part of the world you're in, there is more focus on uh, on uh, display only or competition. And, you know, and I've said this before many times on the show, if 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 you enjoy building for competitions and if it's a high pressure thing and, you know, but you're enjoying it, then more power to you. Um you know, I I build what I want um, in terms of I try and improve every time, but I also, you know, I make sure I'm doing something I'm enjoying. If it's something that I'm not enjoying, then I'm not going to do it as often. Yeah, I mean, I I, it, I, I I entered my first contest this year, the first time I've ever done that. And, and I did it purely because of rampant peer pressure at our local club. <laughs> you know, I'd taken my bill to the to a local club meeting, and and several people suggested I should show it at, at Heritage Con, and so I took it to Heritage Con, and it was kind of, I mean, I was also writing an article about the build for IPMS Canada's uh, magazine, and and it was kind of nice to be able to add that in as, as as a last thing that I I took it and I displayed it at Heritage Con, and then I was, I think I was probably the most surprised when I actually won something for it. Um, uh, I wasn't surprised, Jeff. No, I wasn't either. I really was. In fact, it's the weirdest thing. I keep that magazine beside my night table now, and I look at it every now and again because uh, <laughs> the plane's on the cover. And I look at it and I say, I don't believe I actually built that because <laughs> it looks so damn good. And, 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 I, and then, of course, the hobby manufacturer realized that they better build, you know, an aftermarket set because you did such a fine <laughs> job. Yeah, but the, what I was trying to get at is not like, a, oh, wow, Jeff did a, did a nice model, but it was that I, I didn't put it in to win anything. I put it in because uh, because I, I kind of wanted to participate in a way. I've, I, I've, I've gone to these shows a lot, and I've seen all the work that other people have done, and I've always kind of felt, you know, I probably should put something in, too, just at least to be part of this community um, as much as anything else. I don't expect to win anything. Uh I, the stuff I see on the tables is is amazing, and and it's very subjective. So you, on any given day, who knows what's going to happen? Exactly. But uh, but but so so you don't want to you don't want to sort of govern your um, your sense of self worth by whether you win or not, because then you're putting your putting your fate in the hands of everybody else and all of their personal opinions, and God knows what they had for breakfast that morning. And you know, it's just it's it, to me the whole concept, uh, the whole point about participating in these shows is not to win something it's to participate to mm-hmm. sort of be there and and be on the table and show people yet yeah this is what we do and it's it's pretty good it's good stuff and i think part of it too is that again we can go into you know without trying to go too far down the rabbit hole of uh 
you know, ABC or first, second, third versus gold, silver, bronze, you know, there's different advantages and, you know, there's modelers that prefer one format over another. Um, you know, I'm, I myself would be more inclined to do a gold, silver, bronze uh, just, you know, in terms of, because that way I want to see, okay, can I, if I decide to go that route, I want to make sure I'm doing it to a standard that my peers have judged that that's the way it should be. And I think, as you said, any given day, you know, there's kits that place first in a regional competition that don't do as well as Nats because it's on any given day. Mm -hmm. And what the mood of the judge is, as you say, if the judge, if the judge didn't have got himself a, a bad breakfast burrito is not feeling bad. Well, <laughs> you know, he may be judging a bit more harsh, you know, so I think one of the other things as well, Chris, I remember and I had to find it. You you did another blog post back in March called It's OK to Suck. And, you know, it's it's very, very true as well. I love it. I love the title. But it's, you know, it's it kind of, you know, yeah. You yeah, know, there's. A couple things along that. A is you never improve. Yeah. If you if you never get feedback, you will never improve. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, there's that. Uh, there's also it, it takes me back to a, a quote from from Kurt Vonnegut. Um, I can read it. He said he went from mm -hmm. failure, someone who hadn't been talented enough at anything to excel, to someone who did things because they enjoyed them. I had mm -hmm. been raised in such an in, in achievement oriented environment, so inundated with the myth of talent that I thought it was only worth doing things if you could win at them. And that's, yeah. that's Bingo, a key. right there. Yep. You yep. don't have to win. I mean, self-help sing tells us don't even try to win, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's not, it's a hobby. It, this it is, it, it, this is, you know, no one's going to be, everybody's going to be better at something than anybody else. And we're all better together than we are separately. No one is, very, very few people, I should say, are good at everything in this hobby. And they will admit that there are entire things, that, vast bits and pieces that they just they don't even bother with mm -hmm. or they won't even try for because they're good at what they do and they enjoy what they do. So they're going to get better at it. They're going to do it. And even if you aren't great at it, if you, if you just spend, you know, if your whole thing is doing eight hour builds, to, to have fun with it and, you know, not buying the super most expensive kit. That's fine. That's yeah. it's yours. I mean, we talk about that all the time. It's your hobby. It's your inspiration. It's, mm. it's okay not to be the, you know, not to be the best or whatever. It's, I don't know the why, why we all think we need to be. And, you know, these, these are, you know, we, we've, we all win awards. We're all pretty good at what we do. We all have plenty of projects where, we know this ain't a winner. This isn't. This is never going to a show. But we had fun building it, and that's you know? exactly it. And it you know, some of those off. with a display site, I might have brought that, and people would go by. Holy shit! Yep. You built that? Yep. <laughs> you actually bothered to build it? It's like, yeah, yeah. It was. It was not fun. But <laughs> <laughs> well, again, go ahead. Sorry, Stuart. Um, go ahead, Chris. Just sort of following what Terry was saying, that that one that I wrote about it being okay to suck. What I was trying to say there is is yeah. the only way you're going to get better at this is if you take risks, you try new things, and guess what? You're going to suck. It, mm -hmm. It's not going to be your first attempt at trip at. at at chipping, you're going to be winning multiple awards and getting magazine spreads. 
but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, give it a shot. And what's the worst that could happen? You, you, you mess up a $30 kit, go buy another one. Yeah. Um, no one's keeping stats on this. Certainly yeah. no one's reporting it. And uh, I, I, like I said in that one, embrace it. You're, it's going to be a process. But at the end of it, if you really take the risk, you're going to reap the rewards and you're going to get better. You're going to enjoy actually the process. You might, and there's going to be some hilarity as well. So. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> always. was always like a standard um, standard speech I gave to my kids all the time was, um, no one learns from success because success just reinforces something. Mm-hmm. What you learn from is failing, and the key is isn't that you failed or you didn't didn't succeed. The key is how you deal with that. Do you learn from that experience? What do you think you could improve on the next time? What do you, what, like that kind of thing. It's a classic. It's very much scientific method. You know, you try something, and if that doesn't work, try something a little bit different, or try yeah. a little di- different angle. It's all failure is uh, failure is not an option. It's a mandatory. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, if you want to grow up. And there yeah. are plenty. And look, we're getting older. There are plenty of guys out there. You're losing muscle. You're losing eyesight you're losing dexterity or such the the level of stuff you're going to put out there may not be as fine as you did 15 years ago when when everything worked well you know if you're in your 80s or something and you're still building stuff great i have enough kits to to last me 200 (laughs) years None of us, have, no one else has that problem, do we? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Speak for yourself, Terry. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, no, and and that's exactly what it is. I love I, the one thing I did like, Chris, is the very last line of that suck article. Is you would you would compare it to like mountain biking, and I love this. The best part is highly unlikely that I will vomit off the side of the workbench bench when I push too hard. <laughs> it depends this what is- your modeling fluid is. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. That's a whole other story. I can't have too many modeling fluids. Because again, with age, I end up having a nap. You know, I don't want to do a face plant into the kit. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess the big takeaway is enjoy it. You know, don't worry about other people. You know, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So you had some good you had some interesting feedback around the interwebs. Um, so, yeah, no, it looks like Europe has they do have. Britain's a bit different as normal. Uh, Telford, not as much competition, but I guess in some of the other shows like Mosan and stuff like that, there is there is healthy competition in both, in both healthy competition and display. And I think it's something we need to, you know, here in North America, we need to look at more. Because I was thinking we've got, it's been challenging after COVID. I know Heritage Con. The first year they were back, they weren't supposed to have displays only. Um, they did again this year. And I know our show, because again, it's it's you have to organize it. You have to make sure you've got room. But it's something I'm going to, hopefully we can have a display table or three or four at our show. That would be nice. That's a challenge, though. It That's is. That's a challenge with it, it because, I mean, particularly like with our show, this is the first one we've done in, what, four or five years. Yeah. And we don't know how many people are going to come out. We don't no. know how big a show it's going to We've be. We've increased we the number of tables for for competition, but exactly. So, yeah, we know the space that we've got. We know how many we have a getting getting a good idea of how many vendors are coming. It's a good yep. it's a good number of vendors, which is great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, you just don't know. You don't want to have like a bunch of tables and three models on them. You want to yeah. you want to fill it out. It's almost like we have to get the club members to be there as backup just in case we need. And that's where your display table comes from. Just, yeah. okay, well, and you also need to have the right people 
at these tables engaging with people that want to ask questions that want yeah, to yeah. get information you get you i can't emphasize it enough that you don't want someone who doesn't want to be there or just wants to bury his or her head in a, in a model build and just you know can't be bothered with kids pestering them with questions <laughs> if if you are going to rep then rep properly yeah. um and and have the right people and take shifts don't don't do this for hours and hours on yeah. end oh gods know, no yeah like, no, you know, exactly. take, take a shift it's a great and, way to take a rest at a show to me exactly. that sounds like a fantastic place well yeah. that's actually a really that's a really good point i hadn't thought of that before but there have been a lot of times at shows where i kind of walked past the table because i could see that the person behind the table did not want me to ask a question <laughs> yeah yeah, sometimes you have to do that. And again, even things like, like the make and take. I was at I was at our local um anime store near Neo Tokyo on the weekend picking up some things. And they have a lovely young lady that works part-time. Um, and she's got kids and got her kids in the hobby. And we were talking about the make and take table. And I was saying, you know, you should see with the boss, see if you can do it. Cause it's she says, Yeah, I'm hoping to. It's something I enjoy doing. Uh, you know, I have kids myself. And yeah, exactly. You've got to have you got to have people friendly people. It's like in, in, I, I, you know, in, in professional life, I'm in it and you definitely have some people that are better front of house and some people that are better back of house and you yeah. lock them up. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you need to make sure you've got the correct people in the correct spot. And, and that the is record, the most were... polite way I've ever heard that put. That uh, is, was, that yeah, is so like that? diplomatic, Stuart. That's, it's it everywhere. seems to me that you've you've had this discussion or you've oh, had this yes. description before. Yes, yes, we but have. For our... the record, for the record, too, that is not just for IT because I no. know in the legal profession there are some Same that are front of house and some that should be. Oh, any yeah. profession, any profession we find, uh, definitely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and sometimes they switch between the two. Sometimes the older the older they get, they'll, they'll move to the other side. Either mm -hmm. way. Um, it's interesting how that works. But yeah, exactly. So no, it's a it's a good discussion. And I'm hoping it's something again, like like we say, the hobby evolves. And this is something that used to be bigger, and maybe it's something we need to bring we need to bring bring back. So, you know. Well, think about Heritage Con when we were there, because the last time I saw you three, mm -hmm. that room was packed i mean packed with yeah. people yeah. and i don't think most of them brought a model to compete they were there to to see this now maybe they were there to pick up some cheap models i don't know but i would say the vast majority of there to, were to catch the whole show see the whole thing imagine having uh, a bunch of people with a display or or information whatever it is you know you're a group with a historical society it doesn't really matter you're going to have that wonderful opportunity to meet with people and to sell your brand. And, and yeah, it's going to be a fantastic thing, especially at heritage. Con. So I hope they bring it back there or at least give it a try at some point. Yeah. I, I didn't, there was, there was one, there was one group at, at heritage con, uh, the peel, uh, tabletop gaming society or something like yeah they were there and they were showing some of their gaming miniatures and yeah yeah and i thought i think that they they looked at it the right way they they looked at it as an opportunity to kind of explain their passion to potential newcomers and 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 get a sense of what does this look like what does tabletop gaming look like and uh they did a great job they had some pretty interesting stuff there 
Well, and there's so much cross-pollination there. Like you look at the stuff, the the guys that are into the Warhammer 40K and Warhammer, and they're painting up miniatures. And that our club president, Frank, he did an artillery piece recently for his son who's got a 40K army. And there's so much that can be shared. Between yeah. the two, the, between the two hobbies, and that's why we're making sure we have categories on our show for figures. And you know, if someone wants 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 to bring a a space marine and they paint it up, you know, why not enter it if you want or display it? There's some amazing work from the miniature guys. Mm-hmm. Very very similar idea. So yeah, and 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 again, these you know these hobbyists, people who think uh, oh gamers aren't real. Well, Games Workshop had their latest edition of 40k. It was a combined set with space marines and like giant giant bugs called called Tyranids. That thing I think was two hundred and fifty bucks. And I know our local store, they had hundreds of pre-orders. You know, people are dropping two hundred and fifty yeah. bucks. Well, it's kit, plus games. It's Games Workshop, so yeah. it's you know. But still, but still, the fact that a- there is a market willing, you know, there's a lot of market out there a lot of demand um and you know our local game shop they have probably a larger paint line than any of the hobby shops right now games shops are definitely worth looking at for supplies Mm -hmm. definitely amazing paints and stuff like that we're hoping uh i've got to remind our show committee i believe game chamber is interested so i got to remind them uh, to make sure we reach out to them again, just what I'm thinking aloud here, but yeah, yeah. definitely another uh, another good one. So yeah, definitely look at look at all that. Okay, I do you think we've beaten that to death, Chris? <laughs> sure. No, he's not. No, no, we don't beat we don't beat Chris. He's he he he's he, he's one of he's family here. All right. Speaking of uh, speaking of some family, we're going to talk about our good friend at cult tv man and all the new sci-fi stuff they did from a pre-recorded ad so here we go now a brief break from the podcast as we look at what's new and coming soon and all that good stuff from our good friend steve at cult tv man.com or cult tv man shop.com exciting news uh box art from round two cronus one and hex marks the spot and the best news at all is the kits are going to be uh for cronus one and the light kit We'll be arriving in one to two weeks. The photo etch maybe a few weeks later. Uh, so very cool stuff. Of course, Kronos One is the Emperor's battle cruiser from uh, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. This is the Polar Lights kit in one three fiftieth. As I mentioned, you can get a lighting kit, and it's also coming with an awesome uh, photo etch set from our friends at Paragraphics. Have designed it. 56 uh, brass pieces there. Looks really good. And then from the new Lindbergh line, the Jolly Rogers series, the 112th Hex Marks the Spot, Glow in the Dark for you pirate movie fans. And that looks really awesome as well. Also, uh, the reissued Millennium Falcon from MPC has been uh, coming out soon. Uh, It has upgraded parts. Uh, Steve was actually good enough to do a video uh, if you go to cultvvan.com, you can find that video there where he compares the new kit to the old one. Well worth a watch if you want to know uh, what's happening there. Uh, also, some new products coming. Let's see here. If we go to cultvvan.com, we have uh, the Witch on pre-order uh, from Dolan Hobby. Uh, as I said, the Millennium Falcon. It's in stock. Yours for $69.99 U.S., 
Also for $69.99, the Jurassic Park T-Rex and Malcolm Diorama, 135th from X+. Plus. I'm looking forward to seeing what some people do with some 135th armor kits. And also one I kind of like is the Nautilus from Pegasus Hobbies. This is a nice-looking one. Comes a nice little diorama with a, a giant squid engaged in battle with uh, Captain Nemo's craft. A lot of new figure busts. We've mentioned that before. Just, uh, yeah, all sorts of cool things. So as always, check them out at culttvman.com or culttvmanshop.com and tell them the Scale Model Podcast sent you. Okay, we're back with what's on the bench. Uh, I'll go first because, you know, that might give Chris Chris time to come up with what he is or is not working on. Uh, and he can write it down down in the Google Doc or whatever. Um, I'm working on, it's one of two. It's the Bandai 144 TIE Fighter. It comes with a TIE Fighter and the Advanced. Great little kit. Good price, but $11. Um, uh, good friend of the show, Dave Blappy uh, Gertan, took some t- took one down to uh, Wonderfest and they had the, they had a diorama idea with like uh, the gun towers. So he had like, he had like racers, racing spaceships, including a TIE Fighter. And that kind of gave me some inspiration. So I want to do something a little bit different. So I've painted the solar panels. I got it together primed. I've painted the solar panels in aqueous metal black because I finally got that in the store. I put a gloss coat on, and then I'm going to try just a very subtle hint of the metallic violet from uh, their Mr. Metallic color range, which Mm -hmm. they got in. I've also got the Mr. Metallic blue. I'm going to use that for the... uh, for the satellite space probe we'll talk about in a second. And then when I mask the panels off, I might either use the same violet color. Or I've got some to me a purple. I got an idea of a, of a, of a purple tie fighter. Why the hell not? And then I've also primed an airbrush to me a gold onto some parts of the Hayabusa Musa C space probe. And the solar panels are going to be fine. Cause again, I've got a, I prime them and then I'm going to put a, and then I'm going to try again, their metallic dark blue. Mm-hmm. from Mr. Color, the Mr. Metallic Color. I've never tried it, but like, and I, you know, and it's a lacquer, so it stinks to hell aback. But I'm going to give it a whirl and then try like some oil washes in that. And we'll see how that comes off. And that should nicely keep me busy until the Musuru Cup unboxing happens. So yeah, when I can, it's been really busy. I'm back uh, working in the field at the hospital right now. And my colleagues, the other guy I work with, he's away for two weeks. So, so it's it's just me, you know, keeping the keeping the barbarians at the gate. So makes for some long days. And, you know, then there's this matter of this show in the and that our local group is planning in September. So that's keeping me busy as well. So that's me, Jeff. Nothing. I do nothing. I'm it's middle of summer. I'm a retired guy. I'm telling you, I've been frankly, I, I have so many, so many things to do outside. But we've had so much rain lately. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's tons of little pools of water, and which means what? Mosquitoes. Lots of mosquitoes. And so going outside uh, is unpleasant, uh, shall we yeah. say? So you can get a flamethrower. You can get a flamethrower. Well, today I actually dosed myself up with with the insecticide or whatever the hell it is you spray on yourself, right. and it was that it was manageable. I I could That's cope good. with it. Yeah, and I managed to do some work around the pool and get some gardening done and do that sort of thing. But we have all this crap to do before these weddings happen here. So That's right. Yeah, three weeks, I think, two, three weeks. But in the meantime, when it comes to modeling, if I'm if I'm bored stiff, I'll come downstairs and I'll throw some more putty on this beast and then. <laughs> Yeah. Plow away at it. It's so just, a, just, 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 why don't you tell Chris, Chris, yeah, what that Chris, is in a brief this, history? This is, uh, 
It's an ancient Delta II, which is, a, I think it's French, a crap model of the Savoia Marchetti S55X twin-hulled uh, uh, aircraft from the 1930s that's just very strange. <laughs> and so that's why I liked it. And I bought it as a kit, as a made kit, and stripped all the paint off of it. And I've been slowly putting it back together, and nothing fit. So there's lots of extra bits and pieces here and there just to round out everything. And that came from that came from 427 wing, right? It came from 427 wing. I, I got a whole bunch. I got this Labalula doohickey thing, and yeah, uh, yep, and the, and the Avro car, yeah. And I got God knows what this is. I know we finally figured out what it is, but. It's the weirdest plane where the cockpit is back here. <laughs> you have fun with that. Like I said, it's if it's weird and wacky and old, you're you're into it. You're you're as fat as our buddy Adam now with the frog kids. I, well, yeah, Adam does it just with cars. I'm kind of like all over the map with all yeah. kinds of things. If it's a crappy old kit, I'm kind of actually more interested <laughs> in it than a to me a kit. <laughs> yeah, and definitely one 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 for the display table. Yeah, definitely. My approach to it is is um Honestly, it's not going to get much worse than it already started with. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to use his power sander on it. So, you know, what can, yeah, what exactly. can go wrong? You got a good excuse for that. All righty. Exactly. Terry. Yeah, not much on the bench. It's typical summer. I've got a lot of other things going on. But I'm, I'm behind on all of them because of the puppies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the comment here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Zeus. Yeah, they're they're good dogs, though. I mean, it's fun. You got to take it. You know, they're pups. Got to enjoy this time. I've, yeah. I've been out in the field a few times doing some photos and such, and I have yet to get all those processed. So, backs oh, up, go. backing up. It's That's all backing summer. up. That's summer. Yep. And yep. the puppies are cute. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. had a little bit of chance to do some sanding on some of this stuff, but. So I have a suggestion for you. Don't go out of town on business again for a while. Because you, know, <laughs> you know if you come home, there might be another uh, one in the house. I'm just saying. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, I know uh, I know you got a house move you're dealing with. Yeah, well, actually, I, I can I can bring up to date with a few things. So I lost my beautiful, wonderful, fully finished hobby studio, and now I'm rebuilding one. So mm -hmm. I'm building one almost from scratch. I got, we'll call it phase 1A complete. So I have uh, some lights, uh, a desk. I have uh, all my, my stuff in there now. Okay. Um, phase 1B is going to be a horrible phase because I have to reinstall my um, my air airbrush booth mm -hmm. trunking to go to the outside. And I have to go into a crawl space. And I have issues with entombment. And I don't really want to do it. But don't I you have children? It. Don't you have children for that? Oh yeah, that'll really work with a nine-year-old girl. She'll be, she'll be <laughs> really enthusiastic about going in there and uh, in the dark and everything like that. But I, I'm making it sound worse than it is. I'll get it done probably in the next few weeks. Um, and before I made the move, I was working on Tamiya's venerable old uh, mid-1990s Corsair. And I put a little video out about all mm -hmm. the improvements that I've been doing to the base kit um so like i put in a 3d cockpit i did uh, I, I i wired and plumbed all the landing gear i made wingtip lights that were clear lights with the with the bulbs in them um and i rewired the engine and i did all that so i put a little video on that before maybe about a couple months ago yep. so the next video will be me painting it and i'm almost at that point cool. so it's just masking this thing oh and i even um 
I scratch built the new armor glass because the one that comes with the kit is not very good, but you, you can really improve it very easily. And I show you how to do that. Um, so that's it. And then, you know, um, hopefully I'll get that done at some point this summer and, and put a new video on there and get back, get back into, in the video chair. Yeah, that'll be good. And then I also saw that, uh, one of Ottawa's favorite hobby shops is going to be moving soon. It is. So uh, insider information, yeah. not only did I move closer to it, it has, <laughs> it will now be moving closer to me. I will now be moved. walking distance. Well, oh my God, <laughs> it, would be a, it would be, it would be a That's... real good walk, but it's now within a feasible walking or will be within a feasible walking distance. The hobby center will be moving yes. to sort of South Maryvale area the store will be, um, I don't want to say small. I mean, it'll be, I guess it'll be slightly smaller, but the, the windows and the space, I, I've been inside what the, what the re, re what they're building and, and mm -hmm. putting together looks fantastic. It's awesome. going to be just a fantastic uh, store. So if you ever do get to the Ottawa area and you want to go to uh, a hobby, hobby shop that is just literally chock full to the rafters mm -hmm. with kits, uh, that's the place to go. It's it's so strange how many collections and estates that he gets. I in. noticed that he's been it's getting incredible. a lot more. Yeah, and we don't get very many here. Yeah, and I know that he does a really good job in terms of making sure that everything is complete before it goes on the shelf yeah. and everything like yeah. that. So you do have some assurance that you're not going to get something that's been severely spanked or anything like that. It's no. going to be you know basically it's going to be a new kit that you're going to buy, but tons of models in there so it'll be fun when it when it finally all works yeah, out and bill's a great bill's a great ambassador for the hobby and very helpful over the years and i love when he comes down to heritage con with some of his all all, all, all the goodies i always make sure i stop by and see him uh you know so yeah very good okay the other thing we started doing is we started doing a series on what we're currently reading this is terry's idea um, we may not be updated as often, but yeah, I'm about halfway through the Victorian Internet by Tom Stage. This is all about the history of the telegraph and how its effect on civilization. Um, there's a lot of parallels with the creation of the Internet. It's quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, just slowly but surely getting through that on the uh, on the ebook. So that's that that's been kind of fun when I've had some time. I have an absolute pile of stuff to go through next um i tend to read more in the winter but i'm trying to i'm trying to stay off instead of you know scrolling doom scrolling on the socials i'm trying to get like a couple of pages written it's on the phone it's easy to do so that's what i'm hoping to do so yeah that's what's going on there uh jeff how about you sir i am so glad you said it because i was going to say that too that i am so sick of doom scrolling on my devices because it is so easy to just yeah. Oh, here's a, oh, here's a funny video. Old cats, you know, whatever. It, I'm just so sick of it. So, I've 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 been using books as a way to try to pry myself away from the damn devices. And frankly, I rather I, I really kind of enjoy. It. Now, I, what I have been doing, I'm still reading the one I talked about last time, the 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 uh, Voyage of Discovery, uh, the uh, Magellan's circumnavigation of the globe. Mm -hmm. And what was really cool is I could go on Google Maps and I could go down to Tierra del Fuego and I could sort of basically read the book and chart where they're going cool. through the satellite imagery of uh, of the Magellan's Passage. It was really kind of cool. And I actually kind of, when I'm reading uh, true history books like that, I like to have a geographic placement. Yeah. I, find, I find it's helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, 
to sort of see that place and get a sense of it. And, and that was just, that part was fun. So yes, the devices have a place. I am just really tired of doom scrolling. So yeah, I, no, I agree. pull myself away from it. It's much, it's much an addiction as anything else. It's really bad. Very true. Okay. Terry. Yeah. I'm still reading the same books. Uh, Tom Cleaver's clean sweep. This is my lunchtime read. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about halfway through now. P 51 B's have started arriving in England, which mm-hmm. will change everything as well as the, the P 47 D's, which, had extra fuel capacity and the capacity to carry fuel tanks, yep. drop tanks and all that. They're, they had some teething issues for pressurization and such, but um, it's interesting. As good as the P-38 was in the Pacific, it was not in the, in the uh, European theater. Mm-hmm. It just could not perform at altitude. It choked at altitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so later on in the war, when like the Ninth Air Force and the other ones were able to fly in Europe and it could stay low enough to be uh, a good fighter bomber, uh, it, it turned around. And that's what it was in, in, in the Pacific. The war was never really at a very high level in the Pacific. Right. right. Um, so that, that was pretty fascinating because you think it was, you, you remember it being more successful than it was. Very but cool. um, yeah, 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 it's 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 really good. It's like I say, these a good history book will just teach you more than you knew, thought you knew about the subject to start with. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll answer questions you didn't even think to ask. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. And I see you might be, uh, yeah, might, I'm kind you, of you might look at Discworld. I love that, it's a great series. I've you I've, have uh, not read Discworld? I, oh my god, you know. Who knows? I was reading Frank Herbert in high school, so I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I didn't I'm, pick, I'm in the mood for something up until big. after fifty. So yeah, I'm in the mood for something big again, like a, a Neil Stevenson or a China Mieville novel or something, um, something yeah. immersive. That'll be nice. Um, make me work. Make me work for it. Um, but you get a lot out of them. Cool. Okay. This world, this world is absolutely worth worth the investment. The first couple of books are are not the best ones, but but he's building his yeah. skill as he yeah. goes, and his sense of humor and his writing style <clears throat> is just. Well, awesome. speaking of Terry Pratchett, second season of Good Omens drops. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's it should be available now. And I yeah. think Foundation just dropped too. Second season. Um, exactly. Okay, Chris. Other than mortgage documents. well um i i heard at the beginning that someone was talking about shattered swords so if anyone is uh, needs any reason to buy and read that book uh i it gives it gets my two thumbs up i read that about uh, 10 15 years ago couldn't put it down it's probably one of the best pure history books that i've ever read um most recently i the the most recent book i finished was uh, bomber mafia by malcolm gladwell Ah. absolutely fantastic i mean we're not talking full-on in-depth uh history this is more of a twenty thousand foot view mm-hmm. of or from from that perspective um and i'm i'm working my way through the fighting corsairs which is a sort of a biography of uh, vmf 217 or sorry 215 uh as they as they went through the pacific um yeah so those and i haven't finished that one yet but bomber mafia if you uh that that one answered some questions and asked some questions. It it provided answers that I didn't even know that I wanted to know. <laughs> you know, especially by the end of that war, when you really had um, 
a conundrum about ending that war mm-hmm. and, and everything they tried and everything they planned didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so now you have this awful decision to make. Um, and, but by the way, n- none of the options on the table were pleasant options. No. And it was sort of working through at least at, at, a, at a very high level, why they chose what they chose to do. Um, but I mean, we, we have some revisionists, revisionism going on today about that decision i can tell you that at the time this was a very hard hard fought decision that was being made by people who were very uh careful about making that decision yeah i actually just heard a preview for an interview with uh oppenheim one of oppenheimer's uh, biographers and said that they wanted to use the bombs now in the, the the end of that war so the next war wouldn't be fought with those bombs exactly they needed to to have a horrible demonstration yeah Yeah. well think about some of the other options were let's let's blockade it and wait for years while the entire island you know suffers for four or five years where hundreds of millions of people are going to you know there was never a good decision to make here no. and and everything they tried like they burned down entire I mean, yes. I too much too much detail but they burned down entire cities and still nothing was advancing in terms of getting this thing resolved and so what do you mm-hmm. do when when you know it's, it's that immovable object and unstoppable force like it's just the end of this thing was never going to be good uh, yeah. i guess i guess is the whole thesis here <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly so yeah it'll be interesting uh yeah like i said there's no war never has good decisions but especially at the end of the second world war in the pacific campaign okay so moving on we're going to talk a little bit now about our good friends at sean's custom model tools now we're going to talk a bit about Sean's Custom Model Tools, one of our other sponsors of the Scale Model Podcast. Some very cool things, both 3D printed and the Goodman Super Sanding Blocks. Let's start with the Microset and Microsole Decal Set Bottle Stand. This is uh, purposely designed for the Microscale Set and Sole. Uh, most modelers over the years, they've tipped these bottles over. So uh, this is a very handy thing. At fourteen ninety-five, you can uh, put them both together. They're printed in blue and red for easy identification. Comes with a black base, and they actually have little magnets on it, so it helps keeps them in place. Definitely a good deal. I use mine all the time, and I can well recommend them. Let's talk a bit about those Goodman Model Super Sanding Blocks, namely the Value Pack Combo for $28.99. You get the 80 grit, 180 grit, 220, 320, 400, and 600. Uh, Just an amazing set. Uh, Just what you need. And you can also, uh, if you want, you can also get a a sanding, super sanding block stand for it, which also uh, really makes life a little bit easier, Helps, helps things keep it organized. The other thing, too, is they have, they have the awesome model tape dispenser for uh, your various tapes it's basically a 3d printed thing you put spools of your tapes it's got a little razor blade to help uh, cut it and it's a really really good design Uh, so yeah works out really well and yours for $19.95 so check out these and other amazing deals at seanscustommodeltools.com and uh, also on facebook and tell them that the scale model podcast sent you 
And we're back. Things we've seen. So we are recording this on the 24th of July, which is a Monday night. Airfix decided in their ahem, infinite wisdom. They never check with me, damn it. Um, <laughs> they have a big announcement tomorrow around 10 a.m. their time, 10 a.m. GMT. So obviously, we don't know what it is. I will include a link in the show notes about what it is. Um, a few people are going to be there. We know Chris Chris uh, Mettings will be there, Phoenix Scale Publications. Not really a lot of rumors. You know, there's the usual, oh, maybe this or maybe this in 124 or whatever. What's our bet? What's our bet? My bet is a 124th scale Westland Wapati. <laughs> of course, that's your bet. Of course it is. There's a lot of untapped uh, market oh, for that there one is. out there. Obviously, obviously. I, I have no idea. I really, they've been doing some pretty wild stuff. Um, uh, I think I think they're re, they're re-releasing uh, the, oh, dear God. The, the the Jenny the Jenny from James Bond. Uh, uh, you only live twice. Well, you know what the Bond issue, the, the, the Bond bug, the Bond bug. It wasn't related to James Bond, but that was one of their most popular pre-orders from their vintage classic. Exactly, that's my point. I'm wondering if it's going to be something completely new tool. I don't know what. Well, it better but, be. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so if if they come out with a one forty eight scale Wellington or something along those there lines, you go. there you go. That might Wait. be, that might be, or Halifax maybe. Um, Wait, Trumpeter did Wellington, right? Did they? Yeah, yeah forty eight. Uh, I one. take it back. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, what was what was that high out that really long winged single engine one with the two two cockpits that? It was also a. It was also a. Uh, uh, one of the geodesic things. It, uh, it'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. forty-eight might be an idea. That would be, uh, West. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I got it. I got it. Fireball XL five. There you there go. There we go. That makes better sense. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see. Card. It'll be interesting to see what they come out with. Uh, you know, again, they've done some reissues. They recently reissued the um, the Sea Fire with some new decals. That piques my interest. Wait, um, which of the V bombers haven't they done? They've done them all. They've redone They've them, done all them all fairly recently. Uh, new so. ones, though? Newer ones, yeah. They've updated them a bunch. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it'll yeah. be... We're just going to have to wait and see. And I'll, I'll obviously share it when it comes out. Um, whatever the announcement is. It'll be like 5 in the morning, our, our time. Or 4 in the morning, your time, Terry. So, if anyone... What are the out, odds? It's, another, it's a Spitfire or an ME-109. I mean, come on. Hey, they make that. <laughs> makes the money for them. You know, uh, it'll be a Halifax. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> okay, he's going to say, uh, "All right, we'll go with we'll, we'll we'll go with the Halifax. We'll see what we'll see what else else they have to say." I just don't know what else. Like they did recently, um, have the English Electric uh, Lightning. They had a one to one that they uh, moved from one place to another, but they've got a fairly newer tool of that. So I can't see that. Um, well, Martin, I, don't think, I don't think that was an Airfix product. I think no, they just, but they did reissue. <laughs> but they did, yeah. But they did do a kit, and it wasn't that old. Um, no, yeah, it'll be interesting. Good. It'll be interesting to see what they come out with. Maybe Boris Johnson being shot out of a cannon over to France. Uh, too popular. Well, too popular. Yeah, that's true. They'd sell out in no, no time. Oh, sorry. Was that my outside voice again? Apologize mm -hmm. to any uh, conservative or Boris Johnson supporters. It's in jest, of course. All right. So, yeah. So, we'll hear, we'll, you will hear about that announcement. Uh, yeah. Trumpeter's 132nd Devastators now on people's benches. I will find yeah. some, some links. That's true. 
the only bad thing I've heard so far is the wheels are terrible, but that's that's easy well, enough. Aftermarket. And you know there's a lot of people have been waiting for that. Yeah, so. it'd be interesting to see. All right. And as, long then, as, the green, as long as the greenhouse is good, you still have Terry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is this yours, Terry? Putty and paint? Yeah. And then speaking of, we, we talked about miniatures and how very good some of these are. Oh, wow. Putty and paints are great, great place to just be amazed. Yeah, and remember that most of this is like twenty-eight millimeter stuff. Yeah, and and you can submit, and you can have other people decide what they think of it. That's the old cool men you're not. That's oh, what that used okay. to be. That's yeah, right. and um, cool men you're not went did something different. Um, and now this is the sort of thing that's going on. Yeah, that's pretty My cool. God. I look know. at this. Just amazing. Yeah, you. I will never be that good. Well, there we go again. But Stu. that's all right. Oh. But that's all right. <laughs> never try. I you never try. I have never no tried. problem with that. And there is some truly amazing artists up there. There is. There's this that, is what they do. There's that one lady that does the, uh, you know, the knights and that with the hand painted banners, and you just look at it and you go, you know, I I couldn't even do this on a larger scale, and she's doing the tiny stuff and just, yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, like I said, I have great respect for the miniature guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pardon me. But there's a rabbit hole, guys. Dive down that yeah. rabbit hole. Yes. That is. Oh my God. All right. So we got the last word. We got Kurt Vonnegut there. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Uh we're also sponsored by our good friends at Return to Kit Form. Uh, don't forget to check out their web store. You need uh, Macross stuff, particularly canopy masks. Check them out. I've got a VF0 Macross uh, fighter coming with a mask kit and the weapon set he's sending along. So that'll be fun to check that out. Terry's got an order too. So he's, he's I need packed to. it in. I he's wrote a note. In. Okay. Send him an email because he might be, well, yeah, oh. like, like I said, he, he's sending one, one box to one package to, uh, to Anthony for me. And then, uh, but yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. I, I don't need kits. I just need masks. Yeah. So get some masks for him. All right. Uh, as always, for more modeling podcast goodness, check out our other modeling podcasts at modelpodcast.com. Leave us a positive review. We're on Facebook, the YouTube, our very own website, scalemodelpodcast.com, where you can get all the fabulous pictures that my co-hosts always send me um, before <laughs> I go before I go to air. Uh, Chris is always great. Great to hear from you. Where can people, if if they actually want to want to hear more of your or read more of your rantings, where can they go? They can go to www.modelairplanemaker.com, all one word. If they want to go to my, well, there's links to my YouTube page, but it's at Model Airplane Maker on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. Always a great, always a great one to have on your RSS feed because he always writes some fun stuff and we love having him at Heritage Con. Uh, I'm not going to make you promise if you're coming down to London or not, if we see you, we see you. It's a bit of a drive <laughs> for you. I do understand. I would like to go. I just don't know if I could fit it in this year. Yeah, Stuart. I know. That's fine. We're always happy to, you're always welcome. So you, 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 you basically know that already. We'll, okay. we'll just, we'll, we'll bad mouth you in your absence. That's all. <laughs> Place but hey, are you guys going to come up to Ottawa for Capcom in uh, October? Well, Ottawa. Know. Why would we go to Ottawa? Who the hell? Oh my god! Well, I'm here. You can hang out with me. Lots and of you fun. can and you can check out Bill's Bill's brand new store. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god! Place to spend money. Yeah. Can <laughs> you imagine that? All right. So for episode 122 of the Scale Model Podcast, my name is Stuart Clark. I'm Jeff Hyland. I'm Chris Wallace. And I'm Terry Measley reminding you that the old guys like the big stuff.
Awesome. Oh, you know what? I may, go. I may have, that may have to be the new episode <laughs> name. I, I was going to go severely spanked uh, based on Chris's comment, but you never know. I mean, that, that's that's not mutually exclusive. It's, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to go there. All right. Nicely done. Nicely. Before done. we go to a complete complete rated R, thank you and be well. <laughs>